Thank you so much. Let's open in prayer. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity, and I just pray that you would meet each one of us right where we are. Um, Bring uh, your solutions to our lives and guidance and your bright light. Illuminate your scriptures so that we can see you clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been let down? Like things didn't go your way. Like you, things didn't go the way you wanted them to. Maybe they were chaotic. Maybe they didn't go according to plan. Well, let me tell you, when I was a child, I always wanted an RC car. And what I'm talking about is one of those Tyco RC cars, you know, from the late 80s to the, to the early 90s that had a remote control and you could ride your car anywhere you wanted. Yeah, so I asked for one of these every Christmas and every year after year I put it on my Christmas list but finally that day came I opened up ripped open a package and lo and behold it was an RC car a remote controlled car it wasn't a radio controlled car you see the remote was actually wired to the car it was connected it was like six feet of length and i had to walk behind the car everywhere i went where my friends they had the radio controlled car that just they could ride the car all through the woods and everywhere down the street i was incredibly limited and what a big buildup for such a letdown you know I, I'm, I'm a grateful person so i thank my parents for the gift, uh, even though it wasn't the one I asked for. (laughs) But last Sunday, last Sunday afternoon, as we left the church building and maybe you had turned off your your church online um, to spend the evening with all of our respective families, a young man named Dante Wright lost his life in Brooklyn Center. Uh, He was shot in the chest. And this 20-year-old would would see his family for the very last time before taking a car ride. What a tragedy. His family crying in front of news cameras. They were devastated. And this is not how they anticipated that their evening would end. When tragic events or challenges happen in our lives, we tend to struggle. And we tend to question, we tend to come up with questions like, why me? Why now? Why this? Will things ever get better? Will things ever be right? Will I ever uh, get what I need? Would I ever get what I want? Does Jesus even care? Does God even exist? We all have something in our lives that has made us question God or his plan. We all don't verbalize it, of course. Some of us just keep it locked away. Uh, But what if you did? What if you verbalized it? Doubt is just, it's not just for unbelievers, right? Some of us think that it is. Some of us think that doubt is just for those who are distant from God. But at some point in time in all of our lives, you and I will experience some event that makes us realize our doubts. And for some of us, doubts seem impossible to defeat in our minds and in our culture. What is doubt? Doubt is uncertainty. It is hesitancy, skepticism, unbelief. Uh, It is uh, questioning the truth or validity of something. 
It's often triggered by something that we see or experience that our heart is not able to comprehend or process. It's something that doesn't sync up with what we view God's character to reflect or how he should operate. Sometimes or some, something, uh, sometimes we will face something that may throw us off because it didn't happen the way that we thought it should or the way that we anticipated or expected. Are you a Christian? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're watching this and you, you haven't decided to follow Jesus. But those of you who are Christians, here's a question for you. Are you a good Christian? What does that even mean, right? Are there, are there passages in the Bible that are kind of tough for you to, to comprehend or impossible for you to come to terms with? Are, are you really a good Christian if your experiences have altered what you believe? Maybe you don't even believe any of this stuff. Maybe you don't believe in Jesus. Maybe something has shaken your faith. Maybe something has caused you to question, how could a good God allow something like this to happen? Well, hopefully today we can uh, get a better understanding or get a better traction on what we actually believe. Maybe today we can uh, feel like we are free enough to express our challenges and our doubts to God and even to, to those around us and not feel like a bad person when we do it. And maybe today we, each one of us, can take one step forward to deepening our relationship with the God who made us. Today, I want to talk about dealing with doubt. As we continue this series called Defeat Impossible, right, we are exploring the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the story found in Luke chapter 24. We're celebrating this resurrection throughout the month of April. Uh, and today, what we want to do is we want to go through this passage. We want to find this place uh, where Jesus deals with this, uh, these issues that we face. How, what does Jesus have to say about what we're facing right now today, this week? What does Jesus have to say about what we are encountering in our mind's challenge with unbelief or with shaken faith or even with tragedy. We're going to look at Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 27. Yes, it's a long passage, but I want you to hang along with me and read this right along with me. It says, Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together, they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along uh, with them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleophas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happen there in these days? What things? he asked them. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. 
But we were hoping that he was the one, the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astonished us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How foolish you are! And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. My first point. For all of us who are honest enough to admit that we face some form of doubt in our lives is to walk with our doubts. Don't hide them, engage them. We see right here in verses 13 through 15 that these two followers, they, these are disciples, followers of Jesus, all right? Uh, they, are, they are now physically walking uh, together in their distress, <laughs> together with their doubt. They, uh, uh, their expectations, that uh, they were shattered because their understanding was that death was the end of things. They didn't have this concept that one man could be resurrected. They believed in a resurrection for everybody at the end of time. And they thought that this Jesus, who claimed to be the Messiah, he was going to rise to power and he was going to redeem Israel. But now he's dead. But notice what they don't do. <laughs> they don't run and hide like some of the other disciples did. They didn't run and get their mobile device and go ranting on Facebook. They didn't go and start condemning the assaulted Jesus. Oh, he wasn't who he said he was. No, no. These two are walking and talking openly about their unmet expectations, about their hopes, about their challenges, about their doubts. They have confronted the tragedy that they experience. They're followers of Jesus, but doubts about Jesus arise because the situation didn't pan out the way that they thought it should. In verse 19, they even question his deity by reducing him or their view of him to a prophet. I want to stop right here and make this abundantly clear to each one of us watching today, that it is okay to hold on to your tensions of doubt and following or believing in Jesus, especially in the face of tragedy. You see, we live in the already and not yet world where Jesus inaugurated or started his kingdom at, on his first visit when he came the first time. And he won't complete or, or, or consummate his kingdom until his second coming. So what do we do in the dash? Well, in the dash, there will be tension. Tensions that we will have to live through, that we will have to walk through, that we will have to confront. But we should not run away from them. Tensions that we should be holding on to. We shouldn't pretend as if they don't exist. Get real. 
Why don't you get real with yourself and get real with God? Have you ever read the book of Psalms? Open your book to your Bible to like the very middle, and that's where you'll find Psalms, right? Uh, if you're on a mobile device, you'll find Psalms by searching for P-S-A-L-M-S. That's how they spell Psalms. But there's, there's a lot, people love the Psalms because there's so much joy and singing and all kind of songs in the Psalms. But, but if you read all of them, you'll find out that there's a lot of lament and doubt in there. From believers. <laughs> These are believe people who believe in God, followers. The, the writers of these texts, the writers of these scriptures, David and Asaph and Korah and Moses, so many people, they make their doubts known to God. They don't hide them. They, they don't pretend as if they don't have doubts. They, they, they write them publicly. They actually talk about them publicly and communicate them or pray through their doubts, their troubles, their tragedies, their challenges. When was the last time you did that? Or have you been told that you can't do that? Without doubt, without challenge in our life or to our faith, there's no growth. Everything that grows needs some type of pressure. I'm not saying that we need tragedy in our lives in order for us to grow. But I am saying that we need to be challenged, especially in our faith, in order for us to grow. Our doubts can be a launch pad. They could be a launch pad for our prayer life. They could be a launch pad for our research. They could be a launch pad for us growing mentally. They could be a launch pad for us getting to know the real Jesus. They could be a launch pad beyond growth into our, uh, uh, our meeting with the King, with Jesus, experientially. God wants to hear you express what's really on your mind, what's really in your heart. And that's why it's important for us to point number two, engage in conversation about our doubts. Francis Bacon, he's an author. He wrote uh, The Advancement of Learning, and it's a really old book, like 400 years old. But in it is a quote that says, if you begin in certainty, you will end with doubts. But if you begin with great doubts, you will end in great certainty. How true of a statement that is. How many people out there, how many of you have actually been to school? Like, like in your lifetime, like you were in grade school or college or grad school, something with a teacher, right? The majority of us. We've been in some kind of school. Well, what would happen if you just blindly accepted everything your teacher told you without asking any questions. You would not be prepared for the real world, right? When you finally hit the real world, you wouldn't be prepared for it. And, or when the real world hits you, you would be unprepared. If we allowed, uh, uh, if we are allowed to ask hard questions of our teachers, those questions that are tailored to our specific life situation, we will get real world tailored answers. But if we blindly accept anything without question, we get the generic, unspecified answer, and we will not be prepared for the personalized hard times that we will encounter. 
we all know how bad it feels to just blindly accept information. It's like being talked down to or talked at instead of having a conversation. It's like feeling like you're a dog taking commands. Anything being human. This is actually one of the challenges with teens. Teens and young adults. I know because I've been a teen and a young adult way back when. How about you? Teens and young adults have an expectation that they are trained for by their parents. They train them that the world is a certain way, but when they grow up and actually get into that world, they find out that that world is completely different. And in that moment, they lose their minds. How many of you have lost your mind? I know I have. My grad school mentor and closest professor at Morgan State University, he and I, we had an interesting relationship. You see, he was a believer and I was a believer. Uh, uh, he challenged me and, and, and I challenged him, all right, to make myself sharper. I never attempted to embarrass him or ask something that would make him feel bad in class or anything like that, but I just wanted to prepare myself for my future. You see, I heard and received the lessons that he was teaching me, but I questioned if these lessons would actually help me in my future, in my real world experiences because of the doubts that I presented, the questions that I presented him, he took a greater interest in me. And he tailored his advice, and he tailored the lessons that he taught me to benefit me for my future. See, Jesus is not opposed to you having questions. Jesus is not opposed to you having doubts. Yes, he wants us to live by faith, but what could be more faithful than us being honest with him? When we have conversations about our doubts with the right people, we will gain tailored information and life experiences that will grow us and our faith faster and stronger and place us on the right path. Now, following the too often tragic, violent murders of black people in this country, I'm often asked by well-meaning, God-loving people this question. What can I do? I want us all to know this. I want to make it clear that that question is often very triggering to black people and to many people who may feel like they are stuck in a sick lottery where their number can be called at any moment and their life snuffed out any day during a traffic stop or during bird watching or, or, or just going to the store and paying with cash or, or playing in the park or, or just walking across the street. When I get that question of, what can I do? I, I often have a robotic response and, and that robotic response is this, educate yourself. Become aware of truth, truth of current events, and truth of history. And don't drink from your biased sources. You know, go to primary sources like actual books and leave the YouTube and the social media alone. There's nothing there to help us. Stay away from the editorials. And, and the texts that have been altered to make your history look heroic 
and everyone else's history to look meaningless. The next thing I would say is build relationships. As Anthea Butler states, uh, uh, she says, build relationships with people you don't agree with in order to make a more perfect union. The third thing is this, make a commitment to take actions that will actually bring about change, that will actually make a difference. You know, buying a t-shirt with a message on it uh, is, is good, I guess. But how is that changing structural oppression? How is that reversing 529 years of destruction and disenfranchisement? I want us to use doubts as an opportunity to run closer to God and not further away. You know, He's in control of everything that may be causing our doubts. Talk to Him about it. He said that all things work together for our good. He didn't say all things were good. Doubts provide an incredible launch pad for us to grow from, for us to research from, for us to, to ask questions from, for us to dig deeper through prayer from, for us to, to grow through conversation. And Jesus is a big boy. He can handle you any question you throw at him. I'll end with this story. See, back in 1998, I sat in a car with my cousin and we were discussing religion and faith and what is truth. I was raised in the church and uh, so was he. And in the late 90s, these were my college years. So, so I was exploring faiths, right? I, I, that was the first time I was experiencing the real world. People who weren't Christian, people who grew up in other faith traditions, teachers who assigned readings that were not Christian-based. And so it expanded my mind and I wanted to know more because I had no exposure to this stuff prior to then. And so... I'm sitting here in this car with my cousin having a conversation, and nothing is hidden in this conversation. We're on our Emmaus road, if you will. We're talking about our challenges. We're talking about our doubts. We're talking about our struggles. And when we get to the topic of Jesus, and we start talking about the truth of the Bible, we had a supernatural experience, one that neither one of us had ever experienced before. You see, uh, we, we, we had this feeling. I had this feeling. He had this feeling. And, and when we were talking about Jesus and he looked at me, I looked at him and, and, and he said, did you feel that? And I said, I'm a grown man. I'm not telling you how I feel. You tell me how you feel uh, and I'll let you know. And he said there was this, this incredible tingling or electric feeling that started at the top of my head. And I said it was warm and it went all the way down to your feet and two grown men sitting in the front seat of a 1990 Buick Century in a dark parking lot in the middle of the night, a bawling, crying, and hugging each other because we met the Holy Spirit there. He actually met us. You see, the Holy Spirit met us in our doubts. He met us in a place where we uh, were confronting and were honest about our doubts and in conversation about it. And he put us on a growth track that both of us grew immensely from. And he'll do the same for you if you draw nearer to him and don't allow your questions 
to drive you further away. Jesus wants to meet you today. So will you prepare your heart, your mind, your soul, and your body to meet him in this time of worship? Worship team, will you take it away?